around for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Mike. Hi, Baltimore Podcast Festival. Hi. What the listeners at home can't see, and I'll try my best to describe it, is that there are at least, I would say, 5,000 people here. This is... Easily. This is... uh, We're starting a movement tonight. Really, really incredible. (laughs) Um, So, something that I have on my list of questions that I'm going to go ahead and ask because it's so comical is, are there any children in the room? (laughs) No, I don't see any. Because, uh, in case you've never heard of Detective Society... Uh, we talk about horrible, horrible murders. Yeah, it gets pretty violent. <laughs> um, so if there were kids in the room, I was going to be like, whoa, cool parents. But like, maybe this is not the one for you. Uh, <laughs> so I'll do a little bit of intro. My name is Natalie Levy. I'm Michael Costa. And this is Detective Society. Yes. Uh, we focus yeah. on <laughs> We focus on true crime in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Um and this is our first live show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's actually my first time on a stage or performing for people since the first grade. Why Why don't you yeah. tell the good people here about that experience? Well, I mean, it, was, it was a wonderful show. I was uh, one of Christopher Columbus's sailors as the whole first grade, and then I threw up on stage all over the girl in front of me, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, I can only go up from there, or the bar's low enough that I trip over it, so... My favorite part of that story is that Mike's mom, who's the sweetest woman I've ever met, is rubbing his back afterwards. And she's like, don't worry, Mikey. No one's going to remember this when you're older. And then he go, he transfer, he goes to private school. He transfers back to public school and high school. And like the first week, someone's like, hey, do you guys remember that kid that barfed all over that yeah. girl in first yeah. grade? That was me. I raised my <laughs> hand right away. Very proud. Very proud. Okay. So um, have any of y'all heard the name Joe Metheny before? Nope. Good. (laughs) Do yourself a favor and don't Google him because he's horrifying. Um, So he's possibly one of the most absurd people that I've ever heard of. And we've, we've gotten suggestions to do him basically dozens of times at this point. But I have always kind of steered away from trying to cover his crimes because... Number one, he preyed on some really, really vulnerable people, mostly um, women who had problems with drugs and alcohol or women who were living on the street, um, which makes him kind of a piece of garbage. Um, Not that most serial killers aren't pieces of garbage. (laughs) Uh, But another issue is that surprise, surprise, when you're a serial killer, you have no problem lying to people. And he lied all the time, as far as we can tell. So it's really, really hard to... uh, understand what is actually true from his confessions and what is not. Or embellishment. Um, So, yeah. uh, So, there's a lot of lore surrounding what he did and what he didn't do. We'll talk about all of it right now, but just take everything with a grain of salt. I don't necessarily believe everything that he claims he did. He's the primary source on most of this, from what I understand. Yeah. Yes. Um, So, one of my favorite kind of anecdotes about him is that he was such a huge liar that when he was first arrested, he told his lawyer that his mother was dead. Well, guess what? She wasn't. And she found a bunch of reporters and she, her statement was, maybe he wishes I was. Uh, But because she was 78 years old and certainly still alive, um, that kind of set the tone for the rest of his career and um, confessions moving forward. Also, title for the sassiest parent of a serial killer goes to Gene Metheny. 
Um, so now that everyone's on the same page and we kind of understand where his confessions came from, um, let's talk about what he maybe did and maybe didn't do. Uh, Metheny confessed to violently murdering 10 people, mostly disadvantaged homeless women in the Baltimore area. Um, one of the one of the many issues with his weird confession story is that although police can definitely tie him to three murders, um, there are another seven that are kind of unaccounted for, and his claims are really weird and really creepy. I'm gonna guess he didn't just you know murder them and walk away. There's probably a lot of method here. Oh, pun. Oh, my, yeah. By, totally intentional. You can tell how funny it was by how the room responded. I didn't even get a groan. It was so bad. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, in 1995, Metheny was charged with killing two women. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No. Two men. Uh, one was a man named Randall Brewer, and the other one was named Randy Piker. I guess they went by Randy and Randall, so people could tell them apart. Uh, over... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just looking at my notes and I remembered why he killed them. It's not funny. <laughs> it rarely is. Um, so he killed Randy and Randall over a supposed turf war between rival homeless camps. Okay. I... <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. That's no, Baltimore, no, 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 I guess. No, what, what, what is it that you were thinking I just now? How is he homeless? He was off and on homeless. Okay, okay. And these are like the heads of the other homeless camps. I could not tell. All Couldn't that I could together. think was like, are these like the, the heads of the cabal of homeless men in, in Baltimore? Um, so he killed both of them using an axe. And this is kind of his Jesus. MO moving forward. He kept an axe under his couch. Super fun uh, if you just go to a friend's house and feel like you've lost your phone and lift it. And under there is, is an axe that has been used to kill many homeless men. Um, I can't imagine what that must have felt like. But here's the weirdest part of this whole thing. And it's about to get a lot weirder. Um, he had a lot of friends. He was a popular guy around Joe town. Metheny, Google him. I know that I told you not to, but Google him. See what he looked like. And then think to yourself, this guy had a lot of people who came to his defense as far as what his oh, he character, had, like, character was. Witnesses. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. There were people who were down at the local bar talking about how he was always so polite and gracious and nice. It's and like all an I MO, could... though, of serial killers, isn't it? Is the neighbors he... are always like, I would never have thought he was so friendly. So, like, a guy's just standing behind you at a bar, like, <sighs> and you think to yourself, like, wow, this guy's really nice. I think it's more like, can you come back, baby? I got an axe under my couch I want you to take a look at. No. Well. Okay. Um, so, sometimes he claims that it was over this turf war. Sometimes he claims that it's because they had $300 that he wanted to steal. Um, I haven't met many homeless people who just carry around wads of cash. So, I'm going to go ahead and call strike two against Joe Metheny. He's a liar. Um, so, in 1996, Joe is working odd jobs. He's living on site at a construction company uh, where he's working for them, I guess. Uh, and he has been known basically throughout this period to struggle with drugs and alcohol. He's a former veteran. Um, he's had mental health issues his whole life. Uh, and according to his lovely mother, Jean, who we just heard from, um, he was a very distant child growing up. He didn't really want a lot of nurturing. Uh, so in December of that year, oh my God. 
In December of that year, a coworker tipped police off about the bodies of two women on that construction site um, because Methany had asked him to come over after hours to help him get rid of the body. Oh, because he's living there, of course, at the yeah. site. So I just, I want to put myself in this guy's situation. Like your random friend from work who's like a little bit weird, but you feel kind of bad for him, tells you like, hey, can you stay after work and help me with a project? And and then the project is like legitimately moving people's dead bodies. How quickly, <laughs> how quickly would you need to get out of there? Well, hold on. But from what we learned earlier, he must have been very polite about it. <laughs> Excuse me. Will you please help me carry this one? She says, I mean. I guess if he approaches you in a very friendly manner, it's hard to say no to you. He's your buddy. He's such a nice guy. Okay, I'll do it this once, but next time you're on your own, Joey. No. No thanks. Um, so, yeah, so this coworker is a legitimate hero. Um, the bodies belong to 24-year-old Kimberly Spicer, uh, who had a long-time issue with drugs and alcohol, but um, was very much remembered by her family as, as a sweet woman. Um, and the second woman is yet unidentified because her body was missing a head. Oh, Jesus. So that's super fun and uplifting. Enjoy your dinner, everyone. What a way to kick off a festival. Yeah. Hey, Trip, what's up? <laughs> um, so, Methany is also charged in the killing of Tony Ingracia, a 28-year-old woman whose body was found in 1994, so about two years previously. Um, and she, like the other two victims, had been both stabbed and strangled. Um both of these women, as we know, were very vulnerable. Uh, but as I said earlier, they both had families that loved them. I think a lot of times uh, when homeless people are murdered, we kind of assume that they are unloved or unwanted. And that's clearly not the case here. Like they they had families who worried about them, who reported them missing, who were very, very um, quick to follow up with the police. And as we know, in Baltimore, that, that can be tough. That can be a real struggle when you're trying to advocate for your family member. So here's where the story takes like a real left turn, y'all. As if it weren't bizarre enough already. The police bring him in, and up until this point, he's very quiet and and polite. Oh, like polite, of course. Yeah, as per usual. As always. Um, and he just starts spilling the beans. He just starts talking, and then he never stops talking. Uh, he goes on to tell police, both verbally and in his confession, that he targeted homeless people, especially homeless women. He claims that he killed them all with his designer acts that he kept under his couch. Uh, and then, hold on to your hats, he claims that he cooked their flesh into burgers that he later sold to other homeless people out of an illegal food cart he ran. No, come on. He's the demon burger guy of Baltimore. <laughs> he is the, he is the um, unfortunate Sweeney Todd of Baltimore. Uh, so he claimed, oh God, this is gross. And the uh, fact that he's selling them back to homeless people. Yeah, uh, legitimately, like, if, like, if this were true, he could say that he was murdering people, cooking them into burgers, well, and then selling them back to their friends. So you're on your stoop on a Tuesday afternoon and you see him out there and be like, oh, there's that polite guy from the bar. Oh, he's feeding the homeless. So, so upstanding of him. Joe is such a nice guy. Jesus. You should set him up with your sister. <laughs> Um, so he claimed uh, the human body tastes very similar to pork. If you mix it together, no one can tell the difference. Fucking Christ. This lady gets it. 
<laughs> She's over here with us. Um, what the hell, man? I don't know. I mean, it's not going to stop me from eating pork, but on the other hand, it is kind of make you think for a minute. That's kind of gross, man. Your first, I, we're talking about like cooking people and your first thought is like, mm, I could go for a burger right now. <laughs> well, we skipped, I didn't want to throw up on stage, so I had to skip eating today. So I'm very No, hungry. you didn't. I watched you eat chicken fries in I the car. I don't know. <laughs> um, so if this is true, if, big if, and I don't personally believe that it is true, this guy would be probably one of the most prolific murderers in Baltimore, especially if you consider like violent hand-to-hand crime. Baltimore has a lot of gun violence, we all know that, uh, but he is, he goes down as one of the worst serial killers. Now let me tell you why I don't believe everything that he said. There's really no physical evidence tying him to these other claims because if you think about it from his perspective, he was so smart, he got rid of the evidence, but I think he's just a big fat liar, pun intended. Um, Look him up. I think he's just a liar who wants more and more attention and is willing to get it whichever way he can. I mean, the burger claim seems just so out there. It seems so... Okay, also, you're a homeless dude who's strung out on heroin and drunk half the time. Also, he really is... It's so random, the facts that you find out about killers online. He really, really liked Southern Comfort. The (laughs) terrible kind of whiskey stuff? Yeah. I just think that's like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And it makes me think that all of the frat guys that I ever met in college are definitely murdering people now. (laughs) And eating them with SoCo. Oh, gross. Um, I dropped my notes on the floor, everyone. I'm sorry. Uh, So I think he's just a liar who was looking for more and more attention. Actually, funny story. He, He makes art now. In, in prison? In prison, yeah. He makes art. Um, okay. You can find it online. Oh. Uh, the big art school in Baltimore, Micah, is just up the street from here. Are there any Micah, like, students or grads here? Just me? Okay. What so I found his art very pedestrian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I wonder if his cooking was any better. I don't know, man. I, obviously, he, t- he takes some very daring choices. It's just very boring. Jesus. Okay. But it sells, I guess. He's trying to sell it online. He's got to make that canteen money for the prison, I guess. I guess so. Well, you know. Just very shallow stuff. Like, it's just like demons and murder. Contrary, and yes, it's I like, understand. evolve a little bit as an artist. His brushwork leaves a lot to be desired for you? I think it's like fake pen work. It's like those prison pens that they let you use where there's no sharp end. I'm not familiar with what pens you get in prison. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's so weird, really? Um, Okay, so he he craves attention a lot. Uh, Anyway, he is sentenced to death in 1998 after... what is described as an in- incredible trial that culminates with him begging the jury to find him guilty and put him to death. His wish is granted. In uh, the year 2000, that sentence is overturned because he goes in front of a judge and begs the judge not to kill him. So this is the kind of person that we're talking about. Not great. I mean, not a lot of stability there. No. <laughs> It's so weird because when you think about um, semi-transient serial killers who work odd jobs here and there, you generally think like, wow, so stable, such a great provider. Uh, Yeah, I guess, you know, he had all those years to think about it and decided, well, hold on, no one's going to remember my name when I'm dead, so 
They keep me on death row. I keep painting. Uh, so, okay, that keep logic makes talent. no sense. What do you mean when I'm dead, no one's going to remember my name? Oh, well, you know, logic wasn't his strong suit. Being polite was. But um, Okay. <laughs> um, so he's still in prison. I tried to find, so you can find. Oh, so the, the judge commuted the, the death penalty. Yeah, well, it's a Maryland judge. He's soft on crime. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I was too busy coming up with these quips. <laughs> well, they're killing, so keep it up. Yeah, I know. I'm clearly slaying. And there's 5,000 people here, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm killing the game. Um, so, he goes to prison. He begs the judge not to kill him. Here's my question. So you are a, a transient guy. You're like getting your rocks off by murdering people with an axe. And totally, totally normal. Yeah. What makes you then think to yourself, like, I'm just going to tell the cops everything. And I'm going to tell them more stuff than is actually true. Like, do you think he wanted to brag? So we're going to live under the assumption that the people we know he killed are the only ones he killed and that he wasn't actually making people burgers, right? Yeah, sure. Just well, a, that's I theory mean, A. Do you guys have any theories? If, okay, if you guys murdered anyone, which obviously none of you would, <laughs> and the cops came to find you, would you be like, yeah, whatever, I'll tell you what I did. Oh, there's a lady nodding. <laughs> Why? Because I don't confess to anything. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Mm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Well, Don't you ever know, get arrested. Well, she's a nice white lady. I'm looking at her right now. She seems but very if polite. if you were a black man, they would be like, all right, what else can we pin on him? Um, so, so he's still in prison. Uh, he, serving life, I he, guess, assume. Uh, yeah, he's mm -hmm. serving a lot of life. Uh, <laughs> so this is something that you only learn when you run a murder podcast. There are these uh, like online prison profiles that you can look up of prisoners. Oh, wait, is he want to go on? All, all that I was going to say is that he hasn't aged very well. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought he was one of these guys who had like girlfriends who like, you know, these death row inmates who have women that fall in love with them. Oh, I've heard of this. sure he does. He's so weird. Mm. Didn't he? I See, I usually don't know anything about these murders because reading about murders isn't my thing. It's very much your thing. But anyways. Okay, it's not my I've thing. I've heard of Okay. I, I, Rude. I've heard of this guy, actually. Okay. And the whole burger nonsense. Did he also sharpen his teeth to, like, points? No, he just has bad teeth. Oh, okay. All right. He was homeless on the street. I saw the picture, and then I thought I'd heard that somewhere. And no. <laughs> it's just a... Just a garbage fire it's, it's inside mouth, there. Is what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Well, sense. he was, you know, he was on a lot of drugs. He was drinking a lot of Soco. It can't be good for your oral health. I mean, and the human flesh, of course. Oh, also that I've heard that's very sugar heavy. If you don't floss, it's not good. Um. Yeah. So I I mentioned this because I found this picture of him, but I was unable to like figure out where his page was for whatever reason. Surprise, surprise! The user experience of the Maryland prison website system isn't very great. Um. So where's my taxpayer I'm, money going to then? You don't pay taxes in Maryland. I guess yes. not. No, you're right. Um, so I, my big like question is if anyone can find more information, like legit information about him, please like tweet at us, email us. My biggest struggle when I was researching all this was finding information that was not based off of his confession, confession yeah. 
which is never, it's never a good practice. It's never like reliable to sit there and say, like, oh, well, a murderer is telling me all this and they're known to be so trustworthy. Like, no. Um, I also want to say that there could, like, he could have murdered all these other people that he claimed to murder. And it almost feels like an injustice that we kind of took his word for it and didn't try to dig deeper. Didn't, like, follow up on it, yeah. Yeah, it feels like an injustice to the victims. It feels like like this woman, Kimberly Spicer, had this family who was looking for her for a long time, and it feels like it's not fair if there are 10, 12, 20 other families out there looking for their loved but, ones. And that's why he preyed on those members of society, because... They that's are the forgotten the ones. I think that's the worst thing about this guy is he specifically targeted these really, really vulnerable people and then went, went and said, like, oh, yeah, I did it because no one would look for them. Like, he was way too aware of what he was doing. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. You Oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense. He is, he is <laughs> terrifying in a way, in a really horrible way. Do you have anything else on this, on this awesome murder? I, I don't think I believe him either. I just... He clearly wants the attention. Yeah, he really wants the attention. He's But that being said, he did carry an axe around a lot and actually murder at least four people. Also, when was the last time that you saw like a homeless guy on the street like just chilling with like his axe and you were like, that's cool. What? That guy knows what's up. He also seems like the guy who would talk about it a lot. About his yeah. axe. And that's a that's a telltale <gasps> sign to like oh. leave. Do you guys want to hear like a personal close call? Do we have a couple minutes? Mike and I went camping for my birthday, and then a guy asked to use my phone charger, and Mike was like, sorry, friend, we don't have a phone charger. And I was like, yes, we do. What are you talking about? Because I want to get murdered, clearly. Do, do you want to keep well, telling the, the story? In the course of maybe a 10-minute conversation, he mentions his friend who abandoned him and his wife while they were camping. He works at the carnival. His mother told him that guy who was his friend probably murdered someone one time, but that he would never try to murder me because I always carry lots of knives around. We just met. It had been a 10-minute conversation. It four minutes of knowing this a, person. You're in a state park. You're camping in a tent. It's just, you know, better to say, oh, maybe we cut the trip a day early. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, oh, this is my fault. <laughs> I did this to us. The man walked away and I was like, oh, we can't keep camping. <laughs> we will be murdered in our tent tonight. I actually think you were just really uncomfortable the first night in the tent. So you're like, oh, good and out. Finally, I'll just sleep on the ground again. Okay. Well, we have a Tempur-Pedic at home. So like maybe Ooh, I don't need well, to sleep on uh-huh. the floor. Podcasting's been very good to us, clearly. <laughs> We make a whole $17 a month on Patreon, so we're very comfortable. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's been Detective Society. You can follow us on Twitter at The Detective Pod yep. or join our Facebook group. But group? I don't know what a group is. Uh, we're group. both on Twitter individually as well. Michael, yeah. At Michael Costa. At, at N-R-L-S-E-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and please rate and review us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, I mean, obviously, we're doing really well because of how many people are in this room. So, <laughs> yeah. All right.